is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. So there's been more signings. I don't know if you've heard that. Just like one, maybe two, maybe four. I don't know if you maybe picked that up. Do you want to start on the offensive side of the ball or the defensive side of the ball? Never mind. I I decided instead. We're going to start on the offensive side of the ball. I'm glad. I feel like we touched on the offense a lot in our previous episodes this week. And, you know, the defense has a bit more of the splashier signings as far as I'm concerned. A little bit more of the names, especially the guy that they just brought in yesterday uh, in the around six o'clock. So right when pretty much all the radio shows were going off the air that we have here at our beautiful iHeart station, Steelers, boom, drop that bomb right in our face. But that's okay because we can talk about it all day today. But uh, we did miss out on one offensive lineman signing we in did. our episodes, Daniels. I love it. I think it's even better than the signing that they had of Mason Cole. I think he is a more established player in the NFL. He obviously played for the Bears for about four years, was a starter for them. Has a little relationship. I was just going to say, who did he block for for the majority of his time in Chicago? That's right, your new Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky. And, you know, Mason Cole, I think I saw people who are a lot smarter than me out there were like, you know, this is a good signing because he's pretty solid and he's better than anybody that they have right now. And there's still some potential there because he's young. But he didn't strike me as a guy that I was highly optimistic about being, you know, a star Mm -hmm. or not even a star, but just an above average player. I thought his ceiling might be average and he's coming off of that elbow injury. And it just seems like a player that is going to make himself a very nice career in the NFL as a sixth lineman, as a seventh lineman, someone that fills in on the interior for like, 10 to 12 years bouncing around from mm-hmm. team to team. And now it's just his time to stop with Pittsburgh, and we could absolutely use as many pieces as we can. And then James Daniels comes in, and this is a guy that I think is a nailed-on start for this offensive line. I think you put him at that right guard spot. You don't even think about it. You spend all offseason with train track focus. You're, you're, the train is on the track. It's going straight towards the station with no stops of him being your starter at right guard. Mm-hmm. And you open up the position battle at center between Cole and Kendrick Green. And Kendrick Green, right. I, I agree, Tom. And I think the Steelers kind of got lucky. They, they're finding they're, – Kevin Colbert is a master at finding diamonds in the rough. And I think James Daniels, who went he down with that a, MO. Right, but he went down with an injury in 2020. I think that even though that was a year separated – People weren't so sure about how he would respond long term, but I think it's a great move by Kevin Colbert to bring in someone who is familiar with Trubisky, who knows which direction Mitch likes to run. And I think, as you're saying, these pieces are just falling into place on the offensive line. Look at the offense. Look at the state of the offensive line. Literally seven days ago, Tom. If if you want to go shorter, maybe four days ago, right before the legal tampering period began. This offensive line was in a state of disarray almost. You didn't know who your starting center was going to be. You didn't know who your starting right guard was going to be because of the center issues. And now I think you have not only your starting five, but you have now at least one, if not two, solid uh, death pieces as well. I 100% agree, and I don't think you're done seeing depth. No, I, I, I don't Remember think so either. Remember what said? One of, what was his biggest regret last offseason? Not bringing bring in more bodies. Second, yeah. at, at the very minimum, a second veteran offensive lineman. Yeah, bringing in more bodies on that line, I think, is going to be the MO for this team. And 
We're going to have a draft strategy episode after this free agency one because Boy, that has, that that has changed. changed now. But I still, just to give a little appetizer of it, I still think it's in your best interest to take an offensive lineman. But the round you take that offensive lineman, it might slide back now because it's, again, it's more of a depth piece that you've you're addressed looking for it. now. You've addressed it tenfold you, compared you give to what you expected at this point. The chance now to have a little fun in the fourth round, in the fifth mm-hmm. round, and pick a high-ceiling guy. Well, now you have that extra comp pick in the fourth round. Yeah, and maybe he's a bit of a project, but you can afford a project now all of a sudden because, I don't know if I want to say this dirty little word here, it looks like a rebuild on the offensive line. I don't. There's not a guy over the age of 26 now that you figure is going to be in the starting but lineup. But isn't that now. what you want? Absolutely. You want your offensive line to be Absolutely. at the state of it was in, what, 2013 when you had Ramon Foster and you had David DeCastro, you had a young Marquise Pouncey. You had young guys who were then able to play together for five years. And then they become the elite exactly. offensive line, the best offensive line in football. Now, there was all pro talent as well on there, sure. DeCastro and Pouncey. You got to find that somewhere. You got to hope that someone comes up and snatches that is that tackle spot. I lean towards him being the one that has the most potential to do that. I still think that Kendrick Green has a lot of potential. Absolutely. I think, you know, Mike DeCourcy was on with us on Mark Madden yesterday from the Sporting News. Big Steelers fan, Pittsburgh guy. Sure. Great to follow for the Steelers. He was saying Kendrick Green had not only the starting job last year gifted to him. But there was just no one to push him. Like it At was, all. it was gifted to him. And you had Hassenauer behind him, and you had uh, what's his name also. But they weren't really fighting to. And to as much take as it was over. trial by fire, it was more of I don't have any you know, buddy barking up my tree right now. Well, I can just be comfortable and. You thought he might have got it benched, but then they kind of cleared that up at the end of the year saying that he was just dealing with injury, so best to just shut him down. And Hassenhauer had been playing decent football, so you could afford to play him. But, yeah, I think Kendrick Green now with a guy like Daniels, who I think is going to slot in at right guard, even though he's played left guard a lot for the Bears in the past, but you can move those guards all around. He's got center experience. Mason Cole is a center in the NFL. Mm -hmm. It's going to have to push Kendrick Green a little bit now. And I'm not saying that Kendrick Green was getting lazy or apathetic or he was just like, oh, this is my job now. It can just happen subconsciously when you don't see any real threats. Now there's real threats around him. I mean, not only could he not be the starting center, but the Ben Roethlisberger's words of wisdom on the way out the door and what everybody had been saying about maybe moving him to guard, that's all of a sudden not even a guarantee because of a guy like James Daniels. So you could find yourself being the first man off the bench with an injury happening instead of being a guy in that lineup. And I think that's great for a young guy like Green to push him a little bit. I think with the additions of Cole and Daniels, it's possible you don't see Kendra Green day one. And let, until someone goes inevitably down because it always happens on the offense. Right, but I'm saying yeah, I think I this I is the too. guy who was drafted as the first selected lineman in 2021 and was supposed to be the next coming of Marquise Pouncey, supposed to be the guy who just stayed at that center position, didn't move to guard. I wish we would, I wish we didn't do that. That was so unfair to him. It was very, very the unfair. The expectations to him. were way too high. The I mean the circumstances were just they weren't even the same. Him. I mean they, were just they weren't even unfair. the same. One played center and guard mm-hmm. at Illinois. Good school, but not a great school. Let's be One honest. One played strictly center at Florida and was for national championship winning teams. Right, and was a first round pick like, and an All American exactly, and became an All Pro. And now in five years, you're going to hear borderline Hall of Fame talks with him. Like it's just apples to oranges. But we got to put our hands up, too, because we got excited. Oh, and kind abso- of absolutely. We ate that trash, too. And it's just not fair to do that to any young player. And I think, too, if we're, if we're drawing comparisons to 2021 to 2022, 
we were really grabbing at straws last last offseason with the entire state of the offensive line. We were saying, well, Kevin Dawson for sure will elevate to that to that all pro level. Chooks coming back and Zach Banner coming back will shore up the tackle positions. We're solid there. Trey Turner is the veteran that we were looking for. We were going best case scenario for all five starting linemen. And if people remember, as the offseason unfolded, as training camp unfolded, as the season unfolded, we were just waiting and waiting for that for those five to finally start together. Yes. And then once it did, we said, finally, we've reached this point. The offensive line is where it needs to be. It's where it's it's where we've always said we wanted it to be. And then and obviously the results were not did not meet expectations. This year, you know what you're getting. You know Kendrick Green can play it more at one position. You know that he can fight. You know he's that, a nasty guy. They're bringing in nasty right. guys too. That's what I've heard Dan about Moore, Cole. I've heard that about Dan Moore. You've now learned can start at your left tackle position. Yes. Kevin Dodson, when healthy, is one of the best run blocking uh, guards, left guards in the National Football they League. They see something in Chooks too. They see they clearly something do in him, because yeah. him back in addition to signing Cole and signing to Daniel. Oh, for like, sure. Even even though the cap hits lesser in the first year, they're they're bringing Chooks back with the intention that you're our ta- you're our right tackle now. We ha- you, especially you, with them cutting Banner, that move right. them the option of Banner potentially being right and Chooks going back to left. I think that was a signal that Chooks, you're the starting right tackle here. Like this is your spot. We believe in you. 3 years of our faith now invested mm-hmm. in you. And that those 3 years every year the salary goes up. I think that also proves there's incentive there. We want you to stay. If you can prove you can be here, we'll pay you more to stay because we want you on the team. But then you bring in Daniels and you bring in Cole. The the offensive line has the pieces now. It's not just, okay, we only know that these starting five could be be good. Now you have, what, six, seven pieces Maybe eight if you consider if you bring back Joe Haig, you bring back Hassan. Or who you draft in the fourth round, maybe. Sure, exactly. And ne- inevitably you will draft someone. I think LeGlue's got a good chance to come back and find a spot on the bench. Yeah. Like now you're looking at, you know, you look at it like lines in hockey. You got your first line five, right, and then you exactly. got about nine guys on the second line. Like you, you're solving all of a sudden to have a pretty solid group of backup four people to put into that offensive line. So I, I think it's phenomenal what they're doing. I love the youth, too. I know right. you bring in a guy like Haig if you want to bring him in or a LeGlue and put him on your back four and the guy's coming off the bench. I'm fine with that, you know, to just fill in at, you know, plug holes on the ship that are sinking and, and taking on water because someone got hurt. But the fact that anyone who I see as a potential starter is under the age of 20, or is 26 or younger, mm-hmm. that's phenomenal because, again, we shouldn't fall into the same trap we did last year and get too excited this is probably going to have some growing pains this year, this group it of could. people. This is probably going to, I, I'd say, look better overall when you when you are wrapping up week 17 of the regular season and you look at 2022. I bet the entire picture of this offensive line looks better than it did in 2021. But I think that they're just, the, the prospect of building towards something great. And in 2024, when, say, Midge has com- Mid, Midge. Mitch, Midge. Has, Mitch has completely <laughs> built the bridge, and you have that next quarterback now that you're ready to take over. All of these guys would have had two years under their belt mm-hmm. playing together, playing at high levels. 
even if none of them reach all pro status and you can't get that elite of elite offense like you were used to when the Killer B era was here and Ben Brown and Bell were tearing up the league with the best guys up front blocking for them, you're still just by default almost going to have a top 15 line in the NFL. And I think you have a good young quarterback behind a top 15, maybe top 10 line. You're cooking with gas now all of a sudden. So (laughs) this is not a word that Steelers fans have ever really exercised in 40 years, but patience I think is super key now when it comes to this line especially. Right. These guys as you mentioned before, I think the oldest one is Daniels at 26. Daniels is 24, buddy. So maybe it's, maybe it's Mason Cole, Cole, who's maybe 26. Cole is 26. Regardless, Mason that Cole's is 25, but he turns 26 wow. March 28th. Okay, so well, there it's 26, you go. yeah. We know how young Kendrick Green is. We know how young Dan Moore is. Kevin Dotson's only in his 3rd year. Kevin Dotson may be second oldest of that core six. But to your point, I mean, we, Kendrick Green's like, what, 23? Dan Moore's like 24? Absolutely. Patience is a virtue, people. And you can't just expect to find lightning in a bottle immediately just because you go out and sign two people. I think you let this line develop. You let this line start to work together. Kind of reminiscent of the message we sent last year saying once you get that starting five together it's just going to be more beneficial to you I mean what as we always talked about with Craig Wolf when we're on his show in the locker room with him filling in he always mentions the big C's right consistency and compatibility that's what you need in an offensive line and you can only get that with more and more time spent together. And that's not just over the course of one season. That's not just, oh, well, they've played five games together, that's it. If they haven't had it now, then it's done. You you have to switch it up. It's going to take a year, maybe two, for that core to really start to gel. I think no one was happier than Najee Harris when it came to the offensive line signings because even if these guys struggle pass blocking, I think they've got some maulers right now, and I think they're going to have a really good run blocking team last year, next year, which he didn't have any room to operate, so I'm no. sure he's happy there. And one last thing about James Daniels, it just tickles my fancy that he's mm-hmm. played in 54 games, he's started 48 games at the NFL level, and he's only going to turn 25 around week three of mean You want to talk about a lot of experience for someone who's age. still really young and could still, you know... This could be a case of the Bears who are obviously in a weird state right now because it looks like they're rebuilding and shipping a lot of players out while also trying to develop their young quarterback, Justin Fields. I don't know. Smells like an organization probably being run poorly that's been run poorly for a long time. But maybe this is a guy that, you know, just the timing was off for them. They didn't want to give him a second contract. And like you said, he got hurt in 2020 and only played five games that year, but... I mean, this is a guy who just hasn't entered his prime yet, and now he's going to enter his prime right here with the Pittsburgh Steelers for the next three years. And you that couldn't be per- about perfect. Starting experience at a young age. Dan Moore Jr. started 16 games last yeah, year. That's, what I, that's why I'm saying, like, even if you don't get that all-pro pouncey to Castro, they're just going to become solid because of mm-hmm. how much they've played. Like, Absolutely. it's just going to become like riding a bike for them. They play together too. Absolutely. Defensive side of the ball. Oh boy. Now, these are the ones that are really this spicy is a and splash. fun. Levi Wallace was signed from the Buffalo Bills, and I like how I believe Mark Caballi put it this way. A couple beat writers worded it in so many words this way, and it's so spot on. It's a typical Steeler signing where if you had to play a game tomorrow, he starts for you, and he's a viable option to be your starter at cornerback. But he also only signed for like $4 million a year. Mm-hmm. 
So you have the flexibility to go out, get someone better. I think it was actually our good friend Dale Lolly who said this now that I'm thinking out loud. You go out, get someone better who could then supplant Levi Wallace to the third on the depth chart mm-hmm. even. But it's just like you're you're making your team solid. You're plugging a hole while still allowing yourself to make that you know plug more sturdy, better. Right. You're yeah. not you're not committing to just one person. All chips in on one guy. Right. But you still got I think a steal because I oh, think sure he was really good in Buffalo last that, year. You got to think about how good that Buffalo defense is. I wonder if of- the Bills knew he was gonna like. I wonder if they weren't even sniffing around him. You know, just bigger fish to fry, which we'll get into when we talk about the NFL free agency, the the big fish that they landed yesterday. Mm-hmm. But like for four million a year and a team that has aspirations to go to the Super Bowl, don't you think you bring that guy back? Like that's not that that's, expensive. That's, a, that's, that's a something cons- you can that's a, work that's out. That's a piece that is familiar with the system, who's contributed to the system. Isn't it was just good. A, like right, not just like a depth yeah. piece, but a starter. I, I don't good, know. A good corner too. You want if you if you want to chase the Super Bowl and you haven't gotten there yet, you want people who have helped you get nearly there so far. And so, like, why bring in a new piece? It, it is kind of it is kind of questionable that the Bills, who we look at as a solid organization, a good quarterback, a good coach, a good front office, this may have been. An unexpected error by the Bills. It might have been. Uh, granted, I think it would be a minor error and one that would not hinder them at all to get to the Super Bowl, but mm. I just think maybe they thought he was going to be more expensive than he was, and the Steelers pounced and, and, and got him under contract, which is great news for the Steelers because, like I said, that's a guy that could start today if he had to, but right. optimistic that maybe they get another guy out there and he becomes you know CB3 behind Cam Sutton and whoever else they decide to bring in. and. All of a sudden, you've got yourself a pretty damn solid secondary while losing your best corner for the past five Most years, likely Joe Hayden. Losing. Most likely, but yeah. hey, the mark I haven't heard much about it. Like maybe Joe's I mean, coming back. Like I mean, it, there have been some cryptic tweets by him. Nothing like "I hate the Steelers, I'm done." But the writing, the writing, like God a- has written it for me, or something like agents that. gas up their clients all the time before the tampering period. Mm-hmm. Say, "Oh, you're gonna get this. I'm hearing this. I'm hearing this. I'm hearing this," and then you just never know what's gonna happen. And it hasn't so if happened. the market is really Jason that- Jackson is off the board now, though. So that's, that's true. one piece that had to fall. Stephon Gilmore still out there. So, so that's he- probably the second piece that has to fall. And then in, it in terms might- of cornerback, but Tyron Matthew is still a secondary guy as yes. a safety. So Hayden's probably not on the top of the no. block right now. You gotta wait for those guys to go first, and then if Joe kind of lingers in in that purgatory of free agency maybe it's possible there's a deal that could be done but even so tom with state of the with the state of the cornerbacks right now without joe hayden as you mentioned cam Sutton at, at cb1 and levi wallace at, as a possible cb2 that's not a bad thing even if for somehow some way which we don't expect this to happen say joe hayden is not brought and then the Steelers don't acquire another piece, and they don't get someone in the draft. That's not going to happen. You're assuming they do sign Witherspoon, right? That they yes, are yes, yes. Back, which isn't official yet, but I think it's going to happen. <laughs> I think it has to happen. You I could. Think. You said you know Sutton Wallace as your one and two. You could even have you could Wallace do, uh, Witherspoon yes, and Sutton back that's in a the great, slot. That's where I was going next right. because I mean, we know what Cam Sutton does best, and he's coming in as that slot guy. But that's what I'm saying. Even if you don't. It's still a one-two punch that I am comfortable with, but you know, you know that's not going to be the case. You know there will be a, like the offensive line now. You know there will be additional pieces 
brought in to help out Levi. Now, a guy that I know is going to start for Uh the Steelers defense and going to at least have high expectations for me Sure, is Miles Jack, who they just signed from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville deciding to move on from their, I don't want to say young, but he's not old. He's certainly not old, that's for sure. He's been around the block a couple times in, in the league. He's played a big role on that on, the, the, on that Jaguars defense. young, young, young player. Now he's 26 years old. Uh, he'll turn 27 pretty much right as the season starts. But, yeah, he has a lot of experience, you know, Getting to an AFC Championship game mm-hmm. and inexplicably losing to Brady in a very tight game, and I mean, it, it, he was the guy involved on that controversial play. Yes, he was that he was ruled down, or he was ruled—I I forget what the call was. It was a weird call, but he's the reason. I mean, he's not the reason, but that play was a reason that led to the Patriots winning that game. He's had 100, at least 100 combined tackles in each of the last two seasons. In 2020, a career-high 118 tackles in just 14 games played. Uh, he didn't snag an interception in 2021. That broke a three-year streak of having at least one. Uh, dudes is an athlete. I mean, mm. I'm looking at his pro football reference page right now, and his nickname is Jack of All Trades. I don't know if you remember him back at UCLA, but dude was playing both sides of the ball. He played <laughs> offense and he played defense. You know, Ironman football. He never came off the field, so... You're getting an absolute stud athlete and a guy who I think is a lot of speed. Uh, I know Devin Bush, that was kind of the trait that he hung his hat on coming out of Michigan. Don't know if the injury that he suffered his second year really set him back speed-wise. Mm-hmm. Loved If he can come back to even you know 90% of what he was his rookie year as far as speed is concerned, him and Jack are going to be one of the fastest group of linebackers right. in, the, in the middle of the NFL. Now that means it's tough to tackle. Miles Jack has had problems in the past with missed tackles, and Devin Bush has had too. I think speed guys just have sure. a tendency to overrun things sometimes. Right. But man, I like the potential of a sure. Jack and Bush sec- uh, inside linebacking group a lot more than the Bush and Schobert one we were talking about just less than 24 hours ago. And we can assume now with Jack being brought in, Joe Schobert. You go to him and you say, you take a very team friendly deal to mm-hmm. be our third inside linebacker, or you're out, right? And I think, given the state of his play from this past year, there isn't going to be like, a, oh, well, the Steelers brought in Miles Jack. That let's give that gives us another team the opportunity to snag Joe Schobert away. I mean, who's going to go back and watch the Joe Schobert tape and say, oh, well, we got to get this guy now that they don't really need him? Yes, they did bring or they did sign the right of first refusal tender on linebacker Robert Spillane, so depth piece there. And Marcus, Allen, right, Marcus Allen's the, back, so depth piece there. Right, but I think those are the right depth pieces to have. I think it would be a pretty damn good linebacking group if you just gutted Schobert's contract, just told him like it is, tell him the real, and bring him in as your third inside linebacker. Sure. Spillane's your fourth. Oh, that's a pretty real. That's a that's as solid of a room they've had in a long time as far as just depth of players and potential at the top because I think Jack. A pro Bowl potential. potential, Bush, Pro Bowl if potential, if he can get there, back to yeah. where he was out of a top 10 pick, potential is in Devin Bush. So I like the so, the solid, just um, com- complete nature of it with all four of those guys if you are able to work out. Trevor, you can't bring him back on the deal he's on. He's just too expensive. Right. He's not good enough. But if he's realistic <laughs> and you can work that out, I think that it's a really complete room with a lot of potential at the top. So I think that inside linebacking unit just got a ton, ton better with the addition of Miles Jack, who is going to be a starter and probably wear the green dot. I think based off of Devin Bush's 
not distaste, but he's clearly more comfortable being able to kind of not be that signal caller. He's he's more okay with being the Robin to a Batman, I think. Yeah. And the, in those terms. So I think it, you unquestionably give it to Miles Jack. And I think this has got someone who is comfortable being in that position. So I and and, and you remember the 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 uncertainty last year uh, that Keith Butler expressing. Well, we wanted to give it to Devin, but we don't know if Devin really wants it, and it's kind of weird to give it to to Joe, who's very unfamiliar with doing that. Now it's it's very clear. You give you give it to uh, I almost said Joe Schobert. You give that green dot to Miles Jack. You let Devin Bush kind of be his own person, which I think he's most comfortable doing. And yeah, Tom, I think you went from a back and core that was reliant on Robert Spillane starting certain downs because of his more competent ability to block or, or or defend against the run. Now you have him as your potential fourth linebacker. It, it, it has changed. The addition of Miles Jack has changed the inside linebacking core drastically. But I think, though, it is it is key to bring back Joe Schobert. I would love to. I, I think I think you. This isn't just because you brought in Miles Jack. You let him walk. I think you have to bring him in as a solid third piece. And then on certain schemes, if you feel more comfortable putting Spillane out there, that's fine. But you have to have more than just three guys who are capable of starting. A couple other signings that they had, you know, these are just depth ones, nothing that you should really, you know, get crazy about, but they're important. You know, these are the foundation that these are the signings that are the foundation that you lay for a good season. Uh, Montrevious Adams, who sure. had to be pressed into service after being a midseason pickup last year and did a decent job, impressed Tomlin. Well, impressed him enough, he got a two-year with $5 million worth of contract there. So good for him. Good depth piece on the defensive line. Still going to add more on that defensive line, either by people just coming back or through the draft mm-hmm. or maybe through free agency still. Who knows the Yeesh. way that Colbert's throwing money around yeah. right now. Uh, they offered the tender of the re- restricted free agency contract of quarterback Dwayne Haskins. So there's your, there's your third quarter coming into camp as expected there and like I mentioned earlier they agreed to terms with the are they RFA tendered linebacker Marcus Allen so just you know getting those pieces in place that are your depth spots on the on the depth chart that are very key as far as playing special teams minutes stepping into games here or there if someone has you know an injury which is inevitable in the NFL so I would give this offseason so far an A. I mean, Absolutely. I, I don't see how you could give it an A. You remember last year when there, the only three pieces that were acquired were Melvin Ingram, Joe Schobert, and Trey Turner, and we gave it an A last year? And they almost all didn't work out. <laughs> so it's incredible how things can happen, and maybe we give it an A this year, and it turns out to not be the case I don't looking think back so. this I think year. I've... These are just higher-quality names, sure. I think. And the youth, like Melvin Ingram, Joe Schobert, and Trey Turner – were all horses that had run their best lap and also, the track. Not like, only these that, guys but, are young. But I Melvin love Ingram, it. Trey Turner coming off of serious injuries. Serious injuries. Miles Jack, I know he got hurt in uh, 2020 a little bit. He only played 14 games. That's 14 out of 16 games. 15 games last year. This guy stays healthy. Gotta love what the Steelers are in free agency. But what does that mean for their draft? Because oh it's boy. completely flipped it on its head. Don't have time to get Crumple into that on this paper, episode. Throw it in the trash, and you got to start again. We're going to get into that on the very next episode of the Steelers Standard. So thanks, as always, for listening to our little free agency recap here. For Jacob Brecht, I'm Tom Opperman, and we'll talk to you guys next time on the Steelers Standard.